Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil, and at the moment it's just me because uh, Paul's not here to do the news of us at the moment, but uh, he will be back later on in the podcast when we review Master from Big Finish, which was the third in their trilogy to celebrate the Doctor's 40th anniversary back in 2003. But first, as usual, let's have some news. And there isn't a lot of news to discuss this week, if I'm perfectly honest, which is probably a good thing, as it's just going to be me prattling on to myself for the next few minutes. But one of the big things that did come out since our last edition was that uh, it appears that Stephen Moffat has signed up for a tenth season of Doctor Who. Now, this appears to have annoyed quite a few fans, because I know... A lot of fans have been clamouring for a change in the regime uh, for the last couple of years, citing that Moffat has run out of ideas, etc., etc., and it's time for a new showrunner. But um, now I know on this podcast we have been sort of fairly critical of, of Stephen Moffat, and I, I was particularly last week, wasn't I, uh, when it, when it comes to the return of Osgood and his uh, apparent not willing to let go of characters that he's previously bumped off. Now. Um, I am not one of the Moffat haters. Uh, I seriously don't think there is anyone else at the moment who could take over his uh, position as showrunner. Uh, I honestly can't think of anybody. Uh, I know the name Mark Gatiss um, constantly springs to people's minds. But again, I don't know if he's actually the right person uh, to, to run Doctor Who. But what I will say is that Stephen Moffat has made the show a massive success, and that cannot be denied um, since he took over, first with Matt Smith and now with uh, Peter Capaldi. And it hasn't really been this big at all um, with regards to global um, audience figures. So I think on the one hand, yeah, maybe it's time that he didn't actually write for the show so much anymore. Maybe he should just be the executive producer as was Philip Hinchcliffe, if you think about the golden era of Doctor Who. And I, I, I suppose in a, in a funny way, this is kind of a golden period of, uh, for Doctor Who because it's never been as popular. Don't listen to, you know, or read um, all the newspaper reports every time a new series of Doctor Who comes out that it's, you know, the audience figures are going down. It's not. Uh, we've discussed this many, many times on the show. And I'm not going to go over the point again. But I think that... You know, he's still the man for the job. Um, and if he has got one more season left in him, then so be it. Obviously, the BBC think he is the right person to do the show. Um, fans aren't always right. Um, <laughs> we always think it's our God-given right and our opinion matters more than most because we are the fans and we're the people who put them where they are today. Well, uh, sorry, it doesn't quite work like that, unfortunately. As, as much as we would like it to sometimes, it just doesn't work that way. So... You know, I think, you know, bring it on. Season 9 could be utterly, utterly brilliant for all we know. However, um, there's been another little um, thing that come out, I think it was in a, a Radio Times interview, uh, that in this season, or the upcoming season of Doctor Who, I should say, is that uh, Capaldi's Doctor is going to fancy Clara. Now, whether this is a, a been taken out of context, which would be pretty unusual for the Radio Times, I've got to be um, perfectly honest. Um, if this is true, it's not needed, um, Capaldi's Doctor um, isn't interested in Clara in that way. What well, wasn't in series um, 
in Series 8. And, Cap- and Capaldi himself said that there will be no hanky-panky in the TARDIS. Well, he's the Doctor. Now, whether this has actually changed or not, and it's a, a different direction they're taking this, this particular regeneration of the Doctor into, uh, because apparently he's going to be a lot more mellowed out and not quite so angry and tetchy this particular series. But, you know, do we have to have the companion and the Doctor, you know, having a, that kind of relationship? Uh, it's been done already since the show come back. I don't think it needs to be done again. Um, again, I wish Paul was here to temper these these kind of things. He could have a completely different uh, opinion to me. But uh, if at the moment, we don't know. This is the whole thing. Like my, my rant against bringing Osgood back last week. Again, we... I just don't know what's going to happen. So it's just my opinion based on a little article that appeared in the Radio Times. So, again, it's got the fans all irate. And, again, given people more um, ammunition to say that, uh, you know, Moffat should leave now leave the show. Uh, but let's wait and see, folks. Let's just wait and see. Uh, now, really, I think that's really it for the news. I don't think there's anything else that I could possibly discuss further on my own without uh, coming across as some kind of madman. So uh, I think what we'll do, we'll just cut that there and we'll go um, on to our review of Master. Well, let's straight away, shall we? So really, for another week then, that was the news. Right, everybody, it's time for another Big Finish review. And as we said uh, just a moment ago, we are doing Master. And Paul joins us once again. Hello. Hello, yes, yes. Welcome uh, welcome back, sir. You were missed during the news. It's no, it's no fun doing it on my own, as I keep telling my wife. Anyway, um, let's listen to the trailer. My dearest friends... I write this letter in the hope that you will do me the greatest of favours. On the 23rd of this month, I would be honoured if you would join me here in my home for dinner. It is ten years since my arrival in this town, an anniversary I feel I cannot possibly ignore. You've both treated me with such kindness and friendship. For the most part, the last ten years have been more than I could ever have hoped for. Of course, recently, Perfugium has become a darker place. But for one night, at least, let's forget about the darkness and spend a pleasant evening enjoying good food, fine wine, music, perhaps even some parlour games. Please help me to make my birthday, if you can call it that, a night to remember. A night remember. So, Jacqueline, Victor, I look forward to a pleasant and relaxing evening in your company. Yours, Dr. John Smith. (laughs) Okay, then, it's your turn to kick proceedings off, isn't it? It is. Hey, and 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 what a joyous and uplifting episode! To <laughs> yes, this was slightly different to anything else that I've heard of from Big Finish. Mm. I have to say, yes, I don't know that. It started off really, actually, for the first probably couple of episodes. It was more like the Radio Four afternoon play. 
It was actually, wasn't it? But the, yeah. Which one you know? You, do, you, do they still do those on Radio Four, by the way? I, yeah, you do because I, I hear sometimes in taxis and hear my hear hear these bits going on, and you just think to yourself, Ah, right, this, this could well have been something that I'd catch half about ten minutes of. Oh right, okay, okay. And it was that sort of clipped accent and the. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a really strange beginning to the story, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're sort of wondering sort of where this is going. And obviously you sort of... Actually, before we go any further, as usual with this, there were more likely going to be spoilers. Yes. Uh, but um, but this uh, was uh, back in 2003, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, it's 12 years old now, so I don't think there's going to be... Um, I think we, you can... Spoilers really apply, to be honest. But just in case you're worried. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah if you but want I'll, to go and listen to it first, then... Then go and do so. Do that. Yes, but um, but also you you got the character of John Smith, and that that's not who you think it is. No, because John Smith is actually the master, and you sort of realise who it is almost immediately. Really, don't you? Um, yeah, the description of him being scarred and yes, whatever yeah. tends to lead you to that belief. Indeed, and the master in this, t- this case is played by Geoffrey Beavers uh, which he hadn't played since the Keeper of Trakans, it was the first time he'd actually played the part yeah. since, since 1981 um, I don't know how this actually I'm assuming he's still the well I'm not too sure how this fits in with the master's timeline if that's the case because they sort of describe him as being burnt, don't they? Yes, so, so is, the, is, is he that I'm assuming he's that one from the Keeper of Trakan, or be just before Keeper of Trakan. Yeah. Perhaps. Who then turns yeah. into Anthony Ainley during Tom Baker's time. So maybe it's out of sequence for the Doctor as well. It would seem to be. It would do, wouldn't it? If you're trying yeah. to put it into some sort of continuity or something. But... Yeah. You feel, you feel that he's perhaps not quite as badly disfigured as he was by the Keeper of Trakan, but he's, he's on the way. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So yeah, it's it's um, it's an interesting sort of point in the master's life, really, isn't it? And, it is. Um, but how, how would you sort of describe this story then? Sort of going back, because you say because you said it was a, a strange beginning, not like any other big finish we've listened to so far. It's yeah, because it, it's partly well, presumably told in flashback. Yeah. By the doctor into a a very in a very odd conversation he's having with somebody an assassin yeah um in which the doctor really doesn't seem to know what's going on no it's it's really peculiar but um it, yeah it's telling the story from a point of view of not actually having been there for most of it yeah for, I mean, for half the story or more almost it feels like half the story anyway the doctor is yeah. actually present yeah and actually, not at, so, and we, not at the end either. So no. he can't actually describe what happens in the end, which no. is well. At the, I mean, really, at the end, he doesn't really know what happens, does he? No, that's the I mean, that's the whole thing. But um, at the beginning, as you say, he wasn't there. No, and he just appears as a, a face at the window at a certain point in the story, which scares the bejesus out of everybody. So yeah. Um, but should we sort of try and describe what is what the story is? Um. Well, to a certain extent, I mean, it, it, it's to so it's the sort of almost the sort of gothic horror, isn't it? It is. It's a spooky old house with a, a, a disfigured man living in there uh, with his maid, 
and uh, basically there's a, a spate, there's a, a serial killer on the loose. Yeah, who's killing, a... killing young um, young prostitutes, yes. and he's slitting their throats and removing their hearts. And um, yeah, and it, it basically this um, old man is entertaining his friends for the evening, isn't he? Because yes, it's, a, it's couple. He, a couple. Friends. Um, it's his birthday, but yes. it's actually his tenth birthday. Because yes. he has no memory of who he is, where he came from. So this 10th birthday is basically the 10 years since he was found by his now oldest friends, which is Victor Schaefer and Jacqueline Schaefer. Victor Schaefer is the sort of local adjudicator and, and inspector as well as investigating all these murders. Yeah. And Jacqueline Schaefer runs a almost like a YMCA to a certain degree, isn't it? Yeah, she, a sort of, sort of hostel for the, yes. the poor and... Poor and in society. Yes, indeed. And that's how um, this character, John Smith, or the master, um, came into contact with him because he stumbled into the hostel 10 years previously. Yes. Um, but also, this house is haunted, but they're reckoned by the previous owner. They keep hearing voices and, and things like that. So it's um, it's a, like a bit of a ghost story. There's a serial killer on the loose. and There's a storm going on storm outside. storm going outside, and you've got a guy who doesn't really know who he is. He's disfigured and lives alone. And it's, it's as you said, it's a typical sort of gothic horror-type story, isn't it? Yeah, it's very heavy on atmosphere and dialogue. Yes. And do you know what? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, 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 it's one of those ones where I sort of thought to myself, hmm, and it took me a bit of time to get into it, and then once you got into it, you sort of thought, actually, this is so different, I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. Because it's not... Because the first episode it is just basically the dinner party, isn't it? Yeah. And not a lot really happens. Yeah. Um, but you get people sort of acting out of character. They're supposed to be like long-term friends, but they start acting out of character. Um, and there's an explanation for that, and in, in I think it's in episode three, isn't it? The Doctor explains what's, what, what happens. And I, I, I'm trying to shy away from giving away too much here. Yeah. Um, giving away that John Smith is a master is, is not a spoiler, because you know immediately who it is. There's even hints who it is, because he's the master of the house. Yeah. You know straight away who they're, talk, who they're talking about. Um, but, yeah, but he's just sort of like you listen to this, dinner party and to me as you say that's the bit that's like the radio floor f- floor <laughs> radio well, four afternoon play it is it is it could well be any episode of anything couldn't it you just don't necessarily need it to be a doctor who thing or any it could just be any episode you listen to be. that you couldn't work out exactly where this story was going or what this story was going to be about yeah yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I. That's what I liked about it. It did sort of keep you on your toes a little bit. Yeah. And you begin to wonder what what has the doctor got to do with this? And I was beginning to wonder um, whether well, it, it was all just going to be him by narration to the yeah yeah to the assassin, the... and he was not actually going to turn up in it at all. Yeah, I think just he's recounting this story and trying to stop the assassin from doing what he's about yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. So I just thought it was interesting, but then it does take a sort of a, um, eventually. Obviously, the doctor does turn up. Yeah. Uh, and you get yet another flashback to the, basically to the Doctor and the Master's childhood together. Yes. And you've always known that they've been friends since the, since they were child, uh, since they were kids. And this the explanation you get an explanation here of why the Master turned into what he is now. 
why he turns yeah. evil and, and killing people. Um, but even and, that doesn't then turn out to be what... No, it doesn't. It really it's, doesn't. It's, but, but then yeah. again, I think it's... But then again, that also contradicts what they did in Utopia. Yeah. With the mark, oh, you know, with yeah. look, looking it's, into the, the time yeah. vortex and all that sort of stuff. So, no, it wasn't Utopia, was it? It was um, the next episode when they yeah. when they show that, didn't they? Was it... Uh, yeah. God, I can't remember what it's called now. Not Last of the Time Lords. What was the one before it? Um... Oh God! This sound th- of drums. Sound of drums. Like thrillers. Two old men's memories failed them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like sound of drums where you see like the you know how the they that's what they reckon it drove you know it, it drive people mad looking into the time vortex. Well, the, in this it wasn't that, and I actually preferred this version. Yeah, as as an explanation, but even then, um, there's another twist, mm. which I'm, I don't think we should reveal. But most most Doctor Who on screen and in the particularly the big finish as well, yeah, do tend to have even in some of the darker ones tend to have light and humour. This doesn't in any way, shape, or form. No, there are no light-hearted moments. There are no jokes. There's no like flippant lines from any you know from any characters. It is no very. It is. Doom laden, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I think again, I quite like. The I fact did that like it. it. Yeah, I doesn't I, try to be. Yeah, I, I don't. I think if they did do any sort of humorous bits, it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, to be honest, the closest it gets to any humorous bits is, and spoilers coming up, is when death arrives. Yes, <laughs> death becomes the most light-hearted part of this. Um, and obviously, death is. They've got a unique take on death here, haven't they? Because yes. it's it, it's um, how do they just even death itself? I'm going to keep saying itself refers to it's a non corporeal. So it's a, it's a non corporeal form. I can't remember how they explain it now. Um, yeah, but basically, said, well, I shouldn't really exist. Yeah, but, but here I am anyway, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so there's no real explanation, but it 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 does sort of go into. It's an irrelevant uh, look at itself. Yes, it is. Places. It is really. Yeah. Uh, and it's always trying to obviously sort of do deals with people yeah. in return for something, um, which is how this whole situation came about, which, I, again, I'm not going to... Um, we're not going to give that away. No. I don't think we'll give that away. But um, but for a lot of the... Obviously, the, the master in this isn't the master. He, he is John Smith. It's a, it's a different character. And there's a whole allusion to Jekyll and Hyde in this, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and... I I actually like Jeffrey Beavers as John Smith, and I wish there was a few more stories as John Smith. To be honest, it was good. I mean, you quite liked the the what was the episode of them in the study of him, him and the Doctor in the study just talking. Mm. Did you get a sense of warmth that these two could have been friends and yes, yeah, you know, it, it really does get that across, which was. I, I, I loved yeah. it. I, 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 thought, I actually thought Jeffrey Bibbs was really, really good. Yeah. Actually. Um, and even when he sort of did sort of go into master mode or, or, or go, into his, go into his the hide side of it, of this personality, he didn't really... It just sort of very subtle change in his voice, wasn't there? Yeah. He didn't, I mean, there, he didn't there, overdo what... it or go cackling and, you know, and pantomime with it. It was very, very sort of menacing. And there was, they just did it enough to... to... 
to bring across the character. Whereas actually, you really didn't. Want, the whole point was that you didn't want him to become the master. No, you didn't, did you? You you actually wanted a, a way out for this character. Yeah. But Death was very, very clever yes. in this and very devious. And basically, whatever choice you had or deal you tried to you you tried to or the characters tried to make with Death, it would end up with Death claiming somebody. Yeah. And it left whoever it was with a choice to make. It's like you or them. Yeah. They always seem to be that as whatever happened, Death would win. So it, it definitely it was and the whole it very manipulative the character death in this, which I suppose how you want the character death to be really because otherwise it wouldn't be very meaningful. But and again, getting back as as we've talked about, the fact is there's only really what four or five characters in yeah. this yeah. this whole story, and for this story to work, the acting in it has to be of a high standard. Yes. Because there's nowhere for, for, for it to hide otherwise. No. There is no action or outside story to, 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 to run with this. So you've got to believe in the characters. Yeah, because the whole thing is set in this house. Yeah. There's no, there's no other locations for this. So they're basically, basically trapped in this house. I suppose in a funny way, it's almost a little bit like Ghostlight to that respect, isn't it? You've got these sort of all these characters trapped in, and again, it's like another gothic. I'm not, I'm not particularly fond of Ghostlight, but it's another gothic feel story. Again, all, tra- but, yeah. all trapped in a in a big stately home, um, but and, but more believable characters, characters that yes. you actually do feel for. Yeah, you do. You certainly do. Um, There's the point where the Doctor tries to warn them to get out, mm. and you, you really do actually wish they could have gone. Yes, you do, don't you? You do. You really do wish that all all of them would have just got out the house and just got away with it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I liked. Um, we talked about the, the the other two characters, the main character, Victor Schaefer and Jacqueline Schaefer. Um, I don't know that the actress who played Jacqueline Schaefer and Riddler. I don't know. I've never heard of her. I don't know if she's been anything else. Uh, but Victor Schaefer is played by Philip Maddock. Yes. Um, always a welcome return to Doctor Who. I like Philip Maddock. Um, he was good, but he, uh, I don't know. Maybe he was the one who did go a little bit OTT when he was asked to be um, get a bit angry or upset or something. Well, I suppose I, his character is the one with the most again, going that, on. Yeah, with, without realizing giving anything away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, so there would be a lot bottled up there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I still enjoy. I mean, the. the, the the first episode, it's just um, just um, the master, Victor Schaefer and Jacqueline Schaefer in the dinner party. Um, I thought it was really well acted. Yeah, the, set, the setting up of this is yeah. really well done. It is. It really is. Um, and do you know what? I think this is, from what I've listened to so far, I think this is McCoy's best performance in a long time. Because um... he, wasn't, he wasn't required to do any shouting or... Try to be threatening, because when he does that, he 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 doesn't sell the part that well. Yeah, it, when it, it's all it's all the deep foreboding, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? and when he's allowed to be quiet and a bit more introspective, yeah, and just have a conversation with so that's when that's when I think his doctor works the the best. Yeah, and he's given a lot of um, opportunity to do that in this story, being mysterious without being yeah, yeah, and, and he's given up obviously. 
McCoy. He's given lots of opportunities to sort of roll his R's and everything. Um, but I, what I did like about when he's sort of confronting Death, that Death sort of taunts him, saying, "Well, you, well, you like saying, oh, you know, um, you're going to go and play the spoons." I was like, "Oh, of course, you don't do that anymore. Do you? You don't have yeah. fun anymore. That you never played the spoons anymore." Yeah. And it was sort of like saying how much the Seventh Doctor had changed. Yeah, uh, sort of over because when he started, he, he was the clown, wasn't he, in the first sort of season, playing the spoons and doing pratfalls and etc. etc. But as it went on, become a darker doctor, and this is sort of like death taunting him over that as well, which I which I really liked. I really like the yeah, fact his, that his choices are now weighing heavy over him, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, he's trying. It's sort of death saying you're now trying to put right all the things you got wrong. Mm. Um, as you say, it's weighing heavily on him. So he, he's this particular point in the seventh doctor's life he's not having a really good time is he no you sort of get that impression but and I, but I thought he sold it really really well i really i was actually really surprised with this because everyone knocks him for his acting but i think this story suited him to down to the ground i really do yeah again i mean it, because it didn't try to do anything funny it didn't there was no break in the character no you Believe, I mean, there's no. You believed in all the characters in this. You did. That was. I think that's what really sold it. You did believe yeah. in all the characters, and, and as you said earlier, you wanted them all to get out, to get out of yeah. that house. Yeah, you, did, you, you did was actually, rooting for all of them. I mean, were, it wasn't. Yeah. Even if you sort of could work out if, where it was going to, where this was going, mm. you still didn't want it to go there. No, you didn't. You didn't. You sort of like. You sort of knew there wasn't really going to be a happy ending to this one. No. As as it went on, you sort of realised there's not really going to be any way out of this for, for them. No. Um, but okay, it's we haven't really given anything away because you, you know, it, it's got to end badly, really, because you know the master's got to be the master again. Yes. You know, it's to, to take it forward. Um, and again, there's no companion in this one either, which I think is probably out of, out of all of the. The, the last three sort of big finish stories we, we've we've done, there's been no companion in any of them. Um, and I think, okay, I wasn't overly keen on Omega, but I think that that was one of the things that worked in its favour. It definitely worked in the favour for um, Davros. And again, it works really well here. You haven't got... Um, I think if you introduce like Ace into this, for argument's sake... It, it would have broken, it, yeah. It, it would have broken, broken the link it, between everybody. It would have done, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that that would have that I think that was the right decision not to have any of the companions in any of these stories, really. Yeah, just make it the Doctor, and as it was meant to be uh, back in the day, it was celebrating the 40th anniversary. I think that's that's what you want, really, isn't it? Yeah, and and they have. I mean, to be to be fair, I think if we look back at the three of them, three stories we've done, mm. even overly not, they have all suit really suited the Doctor. That's that's been the lead in each story. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know about Davison's one so much though. If you look back as as a whole, I mean, I wasn't overly keen on that. Um, but again, that was the, a weird one because what what you were actually listening to throughout the story wasn't actually the Doctor, was it? No, but yeah, but it, but it was the sort of irrelevant sort of Doctor, wasn't it? That was not quite sure what was going on here and everything, which was the Fifth Doctor. Yeah. You sort of had the scenes in the the gift shop and that sort of stuff from that one. I remember. Yeah, I, do you know what I think? Very. As as companion pieces go, I think Omega doesn't sit with the others 
<clears throat> I mean, Davros and Master, I think, are very, very good companion stories because they're, they're very well acted <clears throat> all the time. There's a lot of um, sort of two-hander scenes yeah. in, in there between the main antagonists. Uh, and uh, But Omega's a completely different kettle of fish in it but but doesn't that sum up the fifth doctor there's too many people in it i think yeah that's a very that's a very very good way of putting it it really is yeah just just, there's too many people and it was that sums up that era perhaps more than anything is the fact that there wasn't the the fifth doctor was blighted by the fact that he didn't really have that many scenes where he just was able to one-on-one with anybody yeah because um, there was always three or four people in the scene. Yeah. Um, well, when he did, it was it was okay. It was with Omega, but it wasn't the Omega, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which they still could have done. I don't know why they didn't use Stephen Thorne. I really don't. But you know that's that's by the by. But I mean, obviously, when it comes to Davros, obviously people would have. Everyone thinks of Michael Wisher. We think at that particular time, anyway. So, but of course, you know. He was no longer no longer with us, so they went back to Terry Malloy. But again, given the right material, Terry Malloy was also excellent as Davros. Yeah. Um, and okay, Jeffrey B was only played the master once, but considering that all the other actors that played him were, were dead at that point, it was the only one they could go to. Uh, you sort of get the feeling maybe they would have gone back to Anthony Ainley had he been alive. Yeah. But I think Jeffrey Beavers was excellent. Yeah, I really do. I think I thought he was excellent in this, but again, he wasn't really the master for a lot of it, though, was he? No, I, I mean, get, interest, getting... interesting to listen because he's played, obviously, played the master in other <clears throat> um, big finish yeah. ones. Yeah, well, wasn't he the master in Light of the End as well? Wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So I thought he was, he was used sparingly in that, and I thought he was good. But I was just begin to wonder if it had been the master and the Doctor all the way through this particular story. Yeah. Whether we would still be same wonderfully acted maybe too much of the master being evil it would it would have been too much i, d- I don't yeah. know we, we, yeah we don't know until until we really listen to i think one of the particular master episodes of big finish then we're not probably going to come back to you with that one no no he was um actually no i think he might have been in actually i'm just looking at the wikipedia entry i think he says he he reprised his role of the master, who previously played him in Keeper Trarkin, and a big finish order played Dust Breeding. Yeah. So maybe this wasn't his, this is his second return to the role. Then he, then he came back after this story to Trail of the White Worm. Yeah. So maybe we'll cover them one day, just as, as a, a little sort of comparison piece, really. See, see how he, he fares as the, as the master in, in, in his entirety, I should say. Yeah. But, uh, but obviously the whole reason... For all these stories, obviously, it's for the, the um, then celebrating the 40th anniversary of Doctor Who, but it's building up to the big, um, the big special, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, which is Zagreus, which was Big Finish's 50th release in the Doctor Who range, um, which we will do next, won't we? Yes. Well, when I say next, I mean next in our um, Big Finish reviews. Oh, big Finish one. Yes, which won't be until June now. Um, <clears throat> but that's that's some. Um, a mammoth story, that one, which I think we'll have to listen to quite a few times because I've, um, I don't know about you, Paul, I've, I've heard not great things about it. No, I mean, I've, I've had it for a while and not listened to it. So. Yeah, I, I have tried to and didn't get very far. Yeah. So maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. So, but, and anyway, we will be reviewing that 
in the next in a, a big finish uh, series. Um, but coming back to this one, um, I would really re- again really recommend it. Yeah, I mean we haven't really mentioned uh, Joseph Lister as the writer. No, we haven't. And I think, no. and I think, he, yeah, he's done a great job with this. Yes, he has. T- two for, for is now what a two-hour story mm. of which even by anybody's record, nothing happens in the first episode other than setting the scene. Mm. And then, then really nothing happens in the first hour other than setting the scene, if you're going to be honest. No, it doesn't really. It doesn't. So uh, to, keep you, to keep you interested in what's going, it must be really good dialogue. It is, and it's all down to the writing, it's all down to the acting. Yeah. And also, I must say, one thing we haven't really sort of spoken about for some of the recent uh, Big Finish reviews we've done, is the um, the soundscape that they've created yeah. as well. The, the atmosphere they generated for being in, in that old creepy house. Yeah. I, I thought was really well done, sort of like, you know, when they're in the, I don't know what you call it, the master's, Oh, John Smith's drawing room, whatever. You've got the crackling fire and the clock ticking and things like that. Um, even sort of down to the point where they're getting in and out of chairs, you can hear the creak of the leather. Yeah. And things like that. It's very, very well put together and very atmospheric. Very atmospheric. And I, that, that's one of the things I, I sort of really, for me anyway, sort of stuck out. And you, I think also the thing with the soundtrack as well, um, it wasn't your typical Seventh Doctor... Kef McCulloch style um, background music was it or Linkin music? No, it did. It, yeah, it, it. I'm now trying to actually think about the music to this, and it's not necessarily screaming out to me. So, <clears throat> it tends to suggest that it just did its job. It did. That was the thing. Is it was, it was sort of how can I put it? It wasn't too gothic at all, but it, it had. No. It was. It created the right atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably half the problem with a lot of the later Doctor Who on, on the episodes on the telly is because because it was all done electronically. When you and you're trying to do like a gothic story, uh, sorry, a, a, a keyboard or a Moog keyboard doesn't really generate that same kind of atmosphere. Really, no. it really doesn't. That that's why I was always a big fan of Dudley Simpson back in the day. Because his music seemed to capture. You, if you think about something like um, uh, Brain of Morbius, if you had that with an electronic score, it would be a completely different story. Yeah. But the music suited the atmosphere, created the atmosphere, and and um, and I think that's what this. I think this, the the score to this particular big Finnish audio did. It, it create helped create the atmosphere. Yeah. And that's to me that's a sign of a good score. It really is. Yeah. And and for something that is all about atmosphere. Yes, certainly, certainly. So, so um, should we leave that there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, as sort of as a sort of like a series of specials, I, on the whole, I have enjoyed doing this to uh, reviewing them. Yeah, it's, I think it's been a fun thing to do. Sort of like it's all been sort of um, linked. And obviously, I, I must admit, during Omega, I didn't see any link to the Zagreus character. There was in um, Omega. I didn't see one in Davros, but um, in this one, there was. It's coming, isn't it? It's coming, it? yeah. 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 Um, because uh, Death sings a paraphrased version of the Zagreus nursery rhyme. Yeah. Or something. So, uh, yeah. So it, it does sort of hint to what, what's to come and what's in the Doctor's head, so it says. Mm. But, uh, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's the next big finish. So we can, we can now admit that that's going to be our next big finish review. <laughs> it will be Zagreus, but uh, that won't be until June. Yes, it's about a month away. It is indeed, it is indeed. Um, so however, uh, next week, it's a break week. It is. It's a break week, so hopefully we'll try and put some older episodes up onto the, um, up onto the site on your iTunes feeds. Uh, but what is coming up when we come back? Well, we're back to a Target book review, aren't we? We are. Um, trouble is, we haven't decided what we're going to do yet. yet. No. No, so we'll uh, uh, announce that on, on uh, Facebook and on our Twitter feed as well. So once we've actually made up our minds. Uh, I think we're, we're going to do a Sixth Doctor one, aren't we? We are, yes, but we haven't actually decided what. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, no, it, it's the it's the painfully putting a name to it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to uh, the horror, to the horror, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Because we don't, yes, because I, like, I have to retire to the drawing room. <laughs> we, we were just like trying to fire. Oh no, that's what we we're just trying to think. What what doctor hadn't we done for a long time? We thought, well, the last sixth doctor one we did was the twin dilemma. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, we haven't rushed back. <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. So we're we're trying to think of a, of, of a good one um, to, to to cover, and this is why we haven't actually <laughs> we haven't actually figured out what to do because we can't find one. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, we set ourselves an impossible task. Let's yes. do a good sixth Doctor. Oh stuff. dear. I wish. Do you know what? I wish they did target novelisations of the big finish sixth Doctor because I, <laughs> I, I would have yeah. no problem picking any of those. One of those, yeah. Exactly. I, I really wouldn't. It's just the Sith Doctor TV stuff is isn't that great, and you're not exactly sport for choice for classics, are you? So, oh dear, oh dear. But anyway, that that's what's coming up when, we, when we're back from our break week. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we've got we, we need a week to get to get home. <laughs> the shock of the shock of doing it. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okay, then, folks. So until we're back in two weeks' time, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.